I also feel like he's going to be a little better just playing for the Bruins again. I feel like it, not much. I'm not expecting, like, I still think there's going to be a large portion of, like, New Hampshire dads who are going to be really pissed when they realize that Milan Lucic is not the same person he was 12 years ago, let alone eight years ago when he left. But, you know, I, I it'll be fun. It'll be fun to watch. And if anybody's going to be, like, kind of playing like shit and being too slow and, like, just being the big body guy, I'd rather be Lucic than, than sign, like, some other dude or something. So... All right, everybody, what's brewing? Welcome to Brews and Bruins Season 5. Is that what we're on? Season we 5, on season episode five. 3. Back despite uh, popular demand. A The Hockey Podcast Network podcast presented by Bruins Diehards. Uh, whatever is to become of Pride Diehards, uh, we'll, we'll have I'm some just going to assume we're also presented by them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll have some people on, including uh, Oliver, to discuss what's going on with the PHF or what formerly was the PHF um, eventually but in hockey today. We're going to dive into some uh, NHL stuff also sponsored by DraftKings. Um, I'm Chris gear. I got cam Hasbrook here with me. Ooh. No drew. He's been fired. Cam, how you doing? Uh, great. Now that drew's been fired, you know, it was uh, too many of us in, in Maine, in Portland, I'm not even in Portland, actually, but one of us had to go, and uh, it ended up being it ended up being Dube. So, um, just a, a note for the people out there: he is probably waiting for you in the back of your car, so you're gonna want to watch out for that. You're gonna want to watch um, out for that for sure, especially a lot more now since he's not here anymore. But um, yeah, no, doing well. You know, I, I think we had a we had like a two week break here with the pod. You know, June is is not a terribly busy hockey month, but it is a, a pretty busy month for people in general. So. Um, you know, a, a, a well-earned break after a, a long season, I think, for the fellas. But excited to be back here with, like, some speculative hockey talk for the first time in a while. Yeah, that was an unplanned uh, podcast hiatus, <laughs> but we all kind of went on various trips and travel. Cam, you and I were actually in the same place at the same <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, a few miles away. Yeah, if it weren't for Canada's uh, continued burning we probably would have gotten to meet up but uh the yeah, air quality was pose ourselves as the victims here <laughs> <laughs> air quality there was considered to be uh dangerous just just north of dangerous and yeah. so we decided it was for the best not to uh not to venture outside um but yeah we uh i arrived in chicago uh the day of some news that hit Bruins in Chicago but I guess uh, before we dive into that we could do some drinks you got a you got a beverage on you can I do yeah you know I, I wanted to mix it up lately um so I went with an, an old trusty Coors Banquet um I don't know why it just tastes good I think it's largely because of the can I like the can it's a good looking can but drinkability through the roof 35 so I guess technically just below the roof of the roof is 37 tasteability Pretty good packing, a little bit more punch than a regular Coors, but still that like smooth, consistent flavor. Tasteability is going to be about a twenty. Um, yeah, it was good. I, I also will note I had a Bud Light for the first time in like forever yesterday. Not because I'm one of those people; I just don't really like Bud Light. 
Um, and I like took a sip and I was like, oh my God, I literally, I actually like, not to be like that guy, but I genuinely like couldn't really taste it. And I, maybe like, I'm just used to like the flavors of like Miller and Coors, but like I sipped a bud and I had to like take another sip to be like, wait, is somebody fucking with me? Like that is actually beer, right? I would, um, I would say it's a little less pleasant than Coors Light in terms of just like water beers. I mm-hmm. think it has like a little more of like an off flavor. Um, I think Miller Lite has more Superior. flavor in mm-hmm. general, and it like tastes like a beer. Um, and that's I like not the just, wheat beers. Not the that's not just blowing smoke no. up Miller Lite. I think like they are my favorite of the like mass produced mm-hmm. light beers. Um, but yeah, oh, PBR I, gets a close second in my heart. I do love well, PBR is not even a light beer. That's just like a. Well, that's an award winning beer. Yeah, it's yeah, that's a a, they they have a blue ribbon. So. <laughs> What are you drinking over there? So Catherine uh, went to a market today and was kind enough to pick me up a humanity spelled T-E-A at the end of that. Um, Nice. Organic premium wild berry and lime hibiscus tea. And I got to tell you, this is delicious. Sounds refreshing. Um, I I have been uh, drinking more alcohol than usual lately just because of uh cat's brother's wedding festivities that's why i was in chicago um went to a baseball game yesterday and was uh peer pressured into some some more of that so good to have a non-alcoholic beverage here um yeah i'm i'm a big fan of this it's wildberry and lime like it's it kind of just reminds me of like a raspberry tea which is the most elite flavored tea, right? Maybe peach, I guess. I like I like peach a little bit more than raspberry, yeah. but I, I think they're on a similar they're one, tier. One two, um, but definitely like an aftertaste of like some lime and, uh, I mean, hibiscus is maybe a tough flavor to pick out, but I I do have some experience with like hibiscus teas and like jamaicas uh, and agua fresca, um, that I've had a few times and. That, that is a flavor that you can kind of pick up. Um, and yeah, this is a, it's a good one. Uh, drinkability 37, tasteability 37. Let's go. I'm going to go ahead and just assume it's got a 37 golf course ability too. It feels like a great, oh, great yeah. golf drink. Yeah. And it, it comes in, in the, the juice box style. Yeah. So. I honestly thought it was like a Arnold Palmer variation at first, just from the, the packaging, but. I also like tea tastes better out of a carton juice box style juice box style carton probably not like a milk carton but yeah anyway hockey uh yeah hockey uh I wanted to start with this because one we kind of missed it in the news cycle while we were away and it's like a big thing and we tend to talk about these big things but also two we had a request to talk about it or at least give our thoughts from uh, our friend Kaylee Rockliffe um the NHL has canceled themed Jersey nights. Um, just initial thoughts on that. I mean, mine are bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I tweeted this out when it dropped, but like that reeked to me of like, oh yeah, we saw the pushback for like our, you know, not that it's it's widespread across the league, but some some more bigoted stances from certain players and, and the backlash that they got. And to me, it read like a PR move of like, 
you know, we didn't love how this went last year and the the press we got for it. So instead of trying to address the root of that issue, we're just going to cancel everything in general. Um, I am really see how I, I don't want to be like the what about guy, but I am genuinely curious if like, are they not going to do any military nights now because of this? Like that seems like a, you know what I mean? And that's like, that's not anybody's goal here, right? It's, it's about making the game more inclusive, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it just is like a, a pretty stark reminder of how far the National Hockey League is behind a lot of sports leagues and organizations in general when it comes to, I mean, a lot of things, but just reading the fucking room is, is a big one. Um, and and even if you're not doing it from like a, you know, ethical perspective, just from a, a business perspective, like those jerseys generate interest from fans that people come and go to see a specific, like, like any other promotion, you do it to get asses and seats. And uh, it just seems like a, a pretty obvious backward step to the NHL. And honestly, just pretty, pretty shocking that they were willing to so obviously misstep just because of, of that backlash. Yeah. And it wasn't so much of a walk back, but it was kind of like a, I don't know, a fail safe, I guess they had the, the PR move to say like, Hey, well, we're not, ending them the like you can still teams can still like have the like pride jerseys and but they were just not going to wear them in warm-ups and i mean like cool but one of the big things is people from different communities seeing their favorite players wearing these things can be like incredibly validating and um i mean just like really disappointing that that part is gone and i mean auctioning off a jersey that wasn't actually worn by someone in warm-ups like that uh, doesn't make as much sense yeah uh, you're not wearing it in the game <laughs> it's like a, i don't know it's weird yeah and all, all the her- heritage nights are the, those are always really cool and you know those those jersey designs mean so much more if you see players on your favorite teams wearing them and it's less generic like i mean someone can go through and make a bunch of different jerseys without them actually meaning anything and yeah it's to sell them online like that's the, there has to be some sort of like additional meaning attached to it or else it's it has nothing to do with the nhl it's just like oh this is like an nhl adjacent thing and i mean kind of compounded by i guess today's news which i didn't really read too far into i saw that the hda had put out uh, a press release kind of saying like hey the nhl is continuously decided to ignore our initiatives and things. And um, I know a lot of people are mixed on, on how the HDA has handled uh, their position as an organization and not including women for a long period of time and including some uh, less than savory people on their board. But um, I mean, NHL has come out with their own diversity initiative, I guess. And it does really seem like, was this part of the diversity initiative? Do you think they were going to like, we're going to end They're like, we don't see color now. We're the NHL. It's just, like, yeah. I don't know what that is. And so I, I mean, not to be cynical, but there are so few people of color in the NHL that like, who can they put on their, their board to, That's true, I, I don't yeah. know, have, you know, guidance for any of this stuff. And, uh, yeah, I don't want to speak too much out of turn because I haven't really read too much into it, but it seems bad on its face. Yeah, I mean, again, it's just like when you 
it's it's sad that we're just like not really surprised by any of this. Like when you interact with the league this much, that has failed repeatedly in in any aspect, <laughs> kind of like tangentially related to this. <clears throat> it's not really surprising, so doesn't make it any less disappointing. Um, hopefully. I don't know. That's just such an institutional issue again. You know what I mean? Like a couple of position changes, I think within NHL ops probably doesn't solve all this, but to, to see the direction that the league is heading in in response is disappointing. So hopefully it changes. Yeah. Um, and good on fans for voicing their opinions uh, to, in, you know, on the contrary, like it's, it's good to see that fans are pushing back and, and, you know, showing the league that, you know, their support is not <laughs> there forever, no matter what. So, yeah, shouts. Um. And a quick timeout so we can pay the bills here. A reminder that the Bruce and Bruins podcast is sponsored by DraftKings. New customers download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLING. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.ma.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas and West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bet expires seven days after issuance, one boost per eligible game. Opt-in required, max bet $50, 10 plus leg required for 100% boost. Eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply. <laughs> On to Bruins news. Um, yeah, let's rip through it. <clears throat> a lot we, of Bruins news. Yeah, we, we missed a bunch of stuff. Um, so some of this is older, some of this is newer. Uh, and we'll we'll do some league-wide stuff as well. I, I don't know if, Cam, you have any specific like free agency signings around the league that you wanted to talk about, but I only have Bruins-specific stuff written down. Um, Bruins traded Taylor Hall and the rights to Nick Foligno's uh, UFA status and uh, to the Chicago Blackhawks and I think entirely a salary dump. I don't really know much about either of the players <laughs> that the Bruins acquired, but neither appear to be particularly good. Um, but no salary retained. Um, Foligno immediately signed with Chicago for Four million, which is actually a raise on what he was making with the Bruins. I believe it was three point eight million a year. I think so yeah, um, good help getting them to the cap floor, which I think is something that they were. Yeah, I'm on. sure he was stoked about that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, for my money, Taylor Hall, like, great acquisition in the first place. Obviously, like second round pick in Anders Bjork. That's. That's basically nothing uh, to get a really skilled uh, player who's developed his game in such a way that uh, he can really affect the the game on both sides of the ice. And um, I think we saw the best of him in the playoffs this past uh, one round series. Yeah, uh, it hurt a little more. <laughs> yeah, where uh, you know he kind of 
brought out the best of both worlds and you know kind of gave gave some hope for you know if the bruins were to move on that uh they had the scoring depth to really uh you know make a deep run but um yeah sad to see him go i i think it was a lot of fun both to watch him and to follow along on on twitter with everybody making the uh taylor hall is a boston bruin references and um just seems like an all-around likable guy and but unfortunately that was the most movable money that the Bruins had. And as we'll discuss in a bit, like they needed to make some room uh, cap wise. Yeah. My initial thought was, Oh wow. Taylor Hall is not a Boston Bruin. Um, Taylor Hall was a good Boston Bruin. I'm giving them like a solid B plus a minus in his time here. I was really happy. Mm-hmm. They got what the Bruins got him for. Like you, First of all, everybody like everybody dodges the former Hart Trophy thing because like oh it's an off like he still won a Hart Trophy the guy's really fucking good at hockey like I know he's not quite as good as he was back then but he's a really good player still um, and streaky at times and and has to be in the right situation that sort of thing but like Chris said I think we really saw him come into his own I think he got better with the Bruins over time and especially you know those, those last couple of weeks I thought he really turned it on and and was the best version of himself and I think what the Bruins were looking for when they acquired him so. Um, yeah, made it sting a little bit more, but excited to see what he does there, especially with Connor Bernard going there. It's going to be interesting. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they play together. That could be a fun little line to watch next season. So um, maybe they'll even stick Nick Foligno off the off wing there and just go the three of them. <laughs> that would be wild. Um, I I do think, you know, we've discussed in the past teams that, that tank and the dangerous situation you put yourself in if you're – trying to bring up like generational players on a team that's actively trying to lose or yeah is struggling to reach the salary floor and you know putting Connor Bedard with a player like Taylor Hall I think could uh, could be highly beneficial for him I also think like I mean you know everybody's Bedard is somebody with sky high expectations right he's not your average first round pick first overall pick and and Taylor Hall is also a guy who came to the league with with enormous expectations and has struggled at certain points in his career to like kind of establish himself or, or, you know, fill the shoes that were cut out for him in many cases. So I think <clears throat> even from just a career standpoint, if Bedard comes in and, and doesn't act like Connor McDavid in his first year, God forbid, having somebody who's kind of been there before and uh, has been able to persevere and kind of bounce back and that would be helpful. So um, more of a reason to watch Chicago than this year, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty low bar. <laughs> Mostly Taylor Hall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then as far as uh, guys that the Bruins brought in, I wrote down the three that I thought were most relevant. Uh, yeah, I will say really quick before we move on, the timing of the whole Bertuzzi thing, I feel like it was tough because in hindsight, it feels like after moving Hall and looking at what Bertuzzi got in Toronto, it feels like the Bruins probably could have afforded that. But yeah, we'll see. At the... I mean, you know, they, they spread the money elsewhere, which we'll talk about here in a sec, but um, I think had they had that much money still, I, I from what I read, it sounded like Bertuzzi's camp was looking for more, couldn't find it anywhere, and ended up settling for five and a half in Toronto, which it sounds like the Bruins probably could have matched earlier on, but by the time he did it, it was they had already spent money elsewhere and it was one of those things. So, so that's fair, though. I think um... – I think smart for the Bertuzzi camp because 
he's most likely going to be playing with Austin Matthews replacing yeah. Michael Bunting on that top line. Um, and five and a half million or whatever he got isn't chump change or anything. No. <laughs> and then the cap goes up next year. He presumably yeah, has played a, a full season on the top line in Toronto and racked up 30 goals and 40 assists or whatever, and then cashes in next season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, so the Bruins took some of that money, invested it in Morgan Geeky, James Van Riemsdyk, Kevin Shattenkirk, and Milan Lucic, uh, making, making the return. Uh, I'm, I'm all in, baby. Let's go. Yeah, I love I, it. I love it. I'm let's, sorry. It's let's start there. Let's start there with Milan Lucic. It's a, it's a million dollars for um, one year. Um, sure. <laughs> I, honestly, like he's not good anymore. I think it's going to be frustrating to watch him on the fourth line, not be able to generate any scoring. He's not really good at uh, defensively anymore. Um, our, our pal Jess got to watch a, a couple full years of him. Uh, and I trust her judgment that he no longer has it, but I, while I meet that signing with a, full eye roll i also uh have like a background fist pump going on because i'm <laughs> yeah. like yeah it's just just seeing him beat somebody up again for the first <laughs> time and get the crowd going I just care about it you know like i feel like he's yeah. been throwing mindless punches for for eight years and now he's ready to have his heart there again <laughs> and if it results in any of our old pals coming back uh then i would appreciate it like if bergeron resigns and cites <laughs> i wasn't gonna do it till big daddy luch came around Let's yeah go. chugga chugga um, um yeah no i i am with you like from a hockey perspective probably not the move but i mean look realistically bergeron's gone this year and i've just about accepted it not like emotionally but like just logically uh same with crazy Bruins are going to be downgraded. Like, I don't think they're going to be bad. Probably a bubble team, not a Stanley Cup team. You can see it in their signings. A lot of one, two-year deals, veterans. Seems like they're kind of trying to figure out what the future is and, and probably retool harder next year. With that in mind, fuck it. Why not give Luch like a million dollars to kick some shit in? And, like, he's going to put asses in seats. It's a great story. He better retire after this year as a Bruin or else I'm going to be just angry and not going to be worth it at all. Um, I also feel like he's going to be a little better just playing for the Bruins again. I feel like it, not much. I'm not expecting, like, I still think there's going to be a large portion of like New Hampshire dads who are going to be really pissed when they realize that Milan Lucic is not the same person he was 12 years ago, let alone eight years ago when he left. But you know, I, I, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to watch. And if anybody's going to be like kind of playing like shit and being too slow and like just being the big body guy, I'd rather it be Luch than them sign like some other dude or something. So um, it'll be cool. All right. And then, I mean, I don't really have a lot of thoughts on Morgan Geeky. I know that uh, he is the player that our best bud Chanel announced to the oh, drafting drafted. of. Drafted. She drafted him, right? Yeah, yeah. She drafted him personally to, yeah. to the uh, to the Seattle Kraken. I have to imagine she arranged this then too, but this yeah. Is... Um, I he's mean, big. I... he fits the big bad Bruin mold. He seems like he's pretty versatile. 
um, reports coming out saying that he's going to fulfill a bigger role on this Bruins team. I don't really know what that means. He's he was kind of like a fourth line, third line winger. Um, I don't know. He he can play center. I don't know if that means he's going to play fourth line center. If they envision him centering the third line or I truly don't know what the, what that means, but uh good offensive player, not very good defensive player. Um, I say good. I mean like above average offensive player um, and maybe could flourish in a, in an increased role. So seems like somebody with cool. upside, one of the few signings with some good upside. Probably, yeah. so. uh, I actually like the, the Shattenkirk and JVR deals. Um, I, I think Shattenkirk's been like pretty solid, uh, just offense only defenseman for the past few years. Uh, he's just going to be a third line or third pairing right defenseman. Um, yeah, yeah, you don't have to play him too many minutes. I think he's he's good, solid. Um, prefer him down there than. Um, you know, various other options that the Bruins have in their system. So I think that's, that's cool. I, uh, I, I like it better than Anton Strahlman at least. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Again, it's like, I think you have to take it with like, you look at what the organization is doing this year and the options that they had to do that. And I feel like given the path they chose to take slash were kind of forced into taking by some circumstances, I feel like they did pretty well. Um, I don't think it's anything to be terribly excited about. Nothing that's going to be changing the organization for more than a few years, probably. Probably more than one in most cases, but yeah. it should help keep them, you know, relatively above water while they kind of figure out, you know, what this next iteration is. And I know the Bruins haven't had to actually handle a rebuild for a decade plus now, more 15 plus years, longer even at that point. But um, if they can kind of do this a little like, what 2015 16 platoon thing again while they retool and and kind of charge ahead with the new core then you're better off doing it with guys who are veterans that have been there can help bring those younger guys up than you are with a bunch of you know improving guys coming from providence and i think jvr is a really smart taylor hall replacement for mm-hmm. very little money like he's obviously not going to generate as much offense as taylor hall especially in terms of like skating ability but um still a really solid defensive player um he has that scoring touch uh like he he can score goals i don't know if he will depends on who you put him with if you're gonna put him on the second line i think that there's a chance that he could kind of like provide that taylor hall boost um but also i don't really know who's gonna be centering the second line at this point like if it's probably coil if it's if we got zaka and pasta on the top line with Marshan, like cool. I don't know if JVR Coil and Jake DeBrusk yeah. like inspires any real Fear, confidence. To... I'm really curious to see how DeBrusk does in more of a like, I guess, less of a two role this year. You know, now that he's going to be a little bit more leaned on. Like, it's been nice to see his resurgence and. It's going to be interesting to see whether he can actually, after all this, elevate to be like the guy versus, uh, you know, the, the backup guy. So he had a really great two way season last year. He mm-hmm. got put on a lot of lists of best defensive forwards and had a really good offensive year as well. So 
that'd be that'd be cool. And I know JVR like was once that type of player, so maybe that's a guy that Debrusque can learn some stuff from. I don't know. Mesh with you. Um, and then I guess the uh, the other big thing, um, the Bruins have three players going to arbitration. There are twenty two yes. total players in the league. Um, <laughs> that are going to arbitration and three of them belong to the Bruins. Uh, Ian Mitchell, (laughs) uh, Ian Mitchell. I don't have any familiarity with him whatsoever. So uh, I believe he's one of the guys that they got in the Taylor Hall deal. Um, I don't know why he feels the need to go to arbitration. I don't know what the Bruins are planning on doing with him. Uh, At this point, the Bruins are honestly at like a roster crunch, like having to figure out who's going to be on their roster starting the season. Um, Jakob Lauko and are we going with Jacob Lauko? I forget what he's doing. I was just figuring the same thing. I'm pretty sure it was Jacob, but it, it was Jakob to begin with, according to broadcast. But I think it's been it's been updated. I wasn't um, wondering the same thing before this though. Uh, and Kyle Kaiser both signed their uh, RFA deals. Uh, Kaiser a little less important. He's going to be in the AHL, uh, I assume. Uh, probably fourth on the Bruins depth chart pending Swayman signing. Um, and, you know, Lauko is probably going to be on that NHL roster in a bigger role than he was in last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm a little nervous about what this means for Trent Frederick and Jeremy Swayman. Um, yeah. But there is, Limited money left. We're in the like six something million range. You can go over the cap by ten percent during the off season, um, as the Maple Leafs are doing right now. Yes, but then there will be things to figure out uh, once once that goes through. I mean, I'm hoping both sign and we're able to get it figured out without moving too many contracts away, but yeah. I, don't, I honestly don't even know what the move is. Cause there's a, there's a world where I think we all kind of breathe the sigh of relief that Matt Grizzlick is still on the team. Like that wasn't a necessary move to make to unload his contract to fit people in. But I mean, if, if you want Swayman and Freddie back and then say uh, Milan Lucic says, Hey, Patrice, like, Let's run it back. <laughs> then and he's wondering. like, anything for you, Milan, and you owe me. <laughs> yeah, then it gets a little sticky. I do. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be. There's a lot. Again, you have to assume at this point that if Bergeron and Krejci were really itching to come back, they probably would have figured it out again. I know it's, you know. They've earned the right to figure it out, but at some point you do need an answer there because there are other dominoes that have to fall. And yeah, that would be unfortunate if you found out one of them wanted to come back and you didn't have room for them or had to scramble for it. And yeah, I think Sway's got to be the priority, obviously. But he's the future be, goal. It would be sad to see Freddie leave as well. So mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully they can figure that out. Honestly, I'm kind of envisioning Freddie as the third line center if, if all. If it could none, work, none of our old friends come back, but you know, yeah. Uh, also, shouts to one other old friend who we forgot to mention, uh, Cliffy Hockey era over in Boston. Um, I will say, I kind of love the fit in Buffalo, they're gonna fucking love them there as a fan base. Um, 
and young team with a, a good amount of talent. I'm, I'm excited to see what he does there and, and good on him for getting paid. But yeah, um, and that's a that's a good young decor that he's moving into. Yeah, they got Darlene and Power up there, and let's see how he fits in with that. Yeah, it feels like it feels like a natural fit, but you never know. Uh, any other free agent? You want to rapid fire on? (laughs) I was like 80% sure the Bruins are about to sign Blake Wheeler, but other than that, um, no, I that's that's that was the big one for me. (laughs) I thought it was gonna happen though. Yeah, uh, hurricanes seem to be loading up, that's Mm -hmm. fun for everybody. (laughs) Honestly, if they're gonna do it, like, might as well just be this next season. Like, (laughs) what do we have to lose? (laughs) Um, I did not see your boy Mikey Riley went. Went down to Florida, though. It's he did. Uh, I like that. Um, he's he's still good. I he deserves to he deserves a spot. There, yeah. Deserves mm-hmm. to play. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll we'll go into some more depth, I guess, in the future and talk about whether the Bruins would consider trading Brad Morshin. I should it's the fan this year, but that's for another time. <laughs> that's for another time. <laughs> All right, folks, thanks for listening. Uh, You know what to do. Retweet our tweets. (laughs) Drink Miller Lite. (laughs) (laughs) That's about it. All right. Peace, everybody.